welcome to church. So great to be with you. Andrew and I have just returned from two weeks at the coast. It was amazing. South Africa has the most beautiful beaches in the world. You know what? I, I was loving it so much, I started looking at houses to buy. I couldn't afford any of them, but... But I was like, how, how can I make this my permanent place and just fly back every Sunday? <laughs> but it's so great to be with you. Andrew and I are actually going to share the sermon today. Yes, we are. Because we've shared life together. We may as well take a few moments, share a stage. So, so great to be with you. We are starting our holiness series. As you know, globally, across the world, all 400 and something churches that we have across the world, we take time during this upcoming week to all, all do the same thing, pray the same thing, fast together, take time to globally just say we one movement under one God. And so we have chosen this week, this upcoming week, to be a week of prayer and consecration along the theme of holiness. We're going to explain holiness over the next three weeks as we preach, but what we are hoping for in this upcoming week is that as we take time to pray, to seek the Lord, there will be prayer meetings Monday and Wednesday at our church offices, if you would like to join us, I think that was on the slide, and then Friday at Every Nation Rosebank, we will be meeting to pray. So if you need more details about that, speak to your Connect leader, or you can go on our website and find out about that. So we are going to start preaching on holiness today. If you have downloaded our devotional, you will know that today in the devotional was a call to holiness. It was a, a scripture that called us up to a place of holiness. Holiness literally means, in the Bible, it, the word holiness, although we think it means don't smoke, don't drink, don't sleep around. That's not it, what it means. It literally means to be set apart, to be exclusively formed and fashioned for a particular task. And in light of the Bible, that particular task is God's task here on the earth, to be, to be set apart for what God wants to do and for who God is. That's what holiness means. And we're going to be exploring that theme next week in our prayer devotionals, but also over the next three weeks in our sermon series. So Lord Jesus, I pray that as we continue, you would, you would bless us. You would, you would cause us to to taste some of your holiness. Lord, I, I pray that this would be more than just a sermon series and today would be more than just a sermon. Lord God, but we want to actually feel your holiness. We want to actually know your holiness. We want to live in your holiness. It's what our hearts long for. It's what our hearts long for. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would take us out of a religious understanding of holiness into the life-giving truth of your nature being deposited into our souls in such a way that the true fullness of our purpose is expressed on a daily basis. Lord God, would you come and do that? Amen and amen. So, I would love you, I am changing the slides, I would love you to look at that picture. I know all of you made a resolution about that this week didn't you? Some of you shake your head. You're like, I made that resolution before. It never worked. So I'm not even going there. 
What would you say that space is set apart for? <laughs> I heard torture coming, coming from the front here. But from the, for the rest of you, I hope your answer was exercise, training, fitness, something along those lines. This, this area is set apart for that. How do you know? Because everything in that room is orientated towards that thing. When you walk into that room, you don't take out a book, or maybe the torture person does, I don't know. But you pick up a weight. It's just because the whole environment is leading you toward that. What would you say this area is set apart for? Sorry, guys. We do this every time. I'm going to have my husband do it because I don't know. IT and him just work. What would you say this area is set aside for? Eating, dining. Some of you have had a good Christmas. Some of you just had an ordinary Christmas. It's eating for you. For some of you, it's dining. But everything in that environment is orientated towards a good meal. How do we know? Because it's set up like that. Every implement has a purpose toward that end. So when we are talking about holiness and the concept of being set apart, what we are literally meaning is, Lord, how do I over this time orientate all of my life, set up all of the structures, the functions, the thoughts, the habits in my life towards the purpose that you have for me, toward the purpose that you have in this world? And if that means I have to cut something out, so be it. I mean, there is no gym equipment in that room, you understand. They cut it out because it didn't serve the purpose of that room. So it certainly does mean that there are certain things in our lives that we will have to say that that doesn't fit because I am set apart for this task and for this purpose. The particular scripture that we want to look at is focus on a call to holiness, and it goes like this. 1 Peter 1, 13, verse 16, we actually declared the last part of it in our declaration at the beginning of the service. Therefore, pre prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Peter was writing his first letter and his second letter, to primarily Jewish people who had been dispersed under great persecution. Sorry, that word didn't come out right. What's it? Holiday brain. We're all battling holiday brain. Primarily Jewish believers, Christ, Jewish Christians, who'd been scattered under a persecution that had ravaged that area. And he was writing them to them, telling them how they should live in light of the dangers and the difficulties around them, in light of the fact they were, they were these small, isolated communities spread across a, a wide area, not, not having the predominant culture. So in other words, how do you live when everything around you is orientated or set apart for something else? 
And you know you are set apart for God things. How do you live in light of the fact that you are set apart for God and the environment in which you live is not set apart for God? So we're going to start with the greatest man I know, Pastor Handsome. Thank you, greatest lady I know, Pastor Darling. Good answer. Um, the, Good response. The, the church chairman brought something, if you want to. I'm not going to take this sitting down. Good morning, great church. Long time no see. A actually, we've just come back from the sea, so it's quite. But so like Carol said, we're going to kind of break this up into bite-sized portions, which is how you eat an elephant. Anyone ever eaten an elephant, by the way? I don't know where that came from. People used to eat elephants. But we're starting off with this part that says, therefore, prepare your minds for action and be, that word is self-controlled in the NIV. And something that many of you, this is a good thing to remember when you read in your Bible. If you start with a verse that says, therefore, Ask yourself, what is the therefore, therefore? Right? So why does he start with therefore? Because he said something before that lays a foundation for what he's about to say, right? So you don't have to go and look up the first few verses right now. You can read it, you know, during the week. It's going to be an awesome week together, all of us standing together in this. But right before he's talking about the prophets who in all the centuries leading up where he had set aside Israel to be a holy nation, the holy prophets of that nation, he was starting to show them a time is coming when there will be a Messiah who will bring glory and completely transform the way you know the world as it is and bring the kingdom of heaven. And they had these prophetic words and it talks about the fact that these prophets... They inquired, they searched, they sacrificed, they gave their time to seek out what Holy Spirit was saying about this coming event. And it says that after they've given all of themselves, the verse just before says this, and it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. Isn't that cool? That these guys gave their lives to seek out something they knew they would never experience in their lifetime. They served us. And we have writings about the coming Messiah. They gave their lives so much for something they'd never experienced. And he goes, therefore, you prepare your minds for what? For action, because it's already here. We're no longer waiting for something, correct? It's already here. We have the Holy Spirit right here in this room. And if you're a born-again believer, you have the same power that created the universe living inside of you. If you raise Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. And you'll have the same ability as what Jesus had because he was just a man empowered by the same Holy Spirit. Would you just say amen to that? Amen. So prepare your minds. He didn't say prepare your bodies. I know the gym was there. Sorry, Pumi. He didn't say, go to that restaurant and buffet your body. We all know that is what Paul meant when he said, buffet your body, right? It's the word buffet. Buffet your body. He says, prepare your mind. Some of you might remember we shared a word on the first Sunday of last year, December, 
about living from your true self. How do you live the way God created you to be? You can't just change overnight. I was so disappointed when I got born again. I wasn't like Jesus the next morning. It is this process. And if you remember what we spoke about during that time is that there's these two selves that are at war in our lives. And our mind is the critical point. It's the critical switch that makes the decision as to what you are going to become. Your past does not determine your destiny. The words spoken over your life do not have the power to determine your destiny, good or bad. A prophetic word does not determine your destiny. Your decisions determine your destiny. So some of you made some decisions. I'm going to work out in the gym. Why does that not work? Because you've got to make that decision over and over. Why do you know, gyms, are they going to be full in January? You'll know February I'll be able to get my squat machine back. Why? Because we made a decision at the beginning of the year and just thought one decision is going to do it. No, we have to train our minds for action. And action means I continue doing the same thing over and over. We prepare our minds how? Well, that word in the, in the Greek for self-controlled means to be sober-minded. Sober. Now, we know there's a thing about being drunk in the Holy Spirit, but the truth of the matter is that sober literally means to not be intoxicated by anything foreign that tends to dull my mind. Okay? So in other words, if you look at the, the Greek for this, be sober-minded means don't intoxicate yourself with foreign things that will dull your mind so that you can't be led by the Spirit. How do I intoxicate myself? Well, my flesh desires only that which feeds the flesh, and I become intoxicated by the desires of this world. So what is one of the best scriptures I could possibly give you on holiness? If you want to go Roman with me to Romans, just go Roman over there. We might look at Luke sometime too. I don't know. Um, run your palms through the Psalms, whatever. Just read your Bible. <laughs> Romans 12, you could probably all say it off by heart. Verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the removal of so a lot of christians it's just you just tell me what to do pastor you know i've been transformed by the removal of my mind just tell me what to do no he's given you all a good mind that needs to be renewed by the renewal of your minds you are transformed and so if we are going to have minds ready for action, how many of you realize that there's so many things you think and your ways of thinking and your approach and your value systems towards life that are different to Jesus? The, one of the ways that we, this verse can be expressed is do not let the world press you into its mold. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Rather do what? Be transformed that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here's something I learned as an early Christian. If you are not allowing God to renew your mind to think like Jesus, you're either going to be conformed to the world or the Word. Now, who is the Word? Jesus. That means if I'm going to renew my mind, I must constantly dwell in on the words of Jesus and the Word the Holy Spirit speaking to me consistently. 
I have to be conformed to the word. But that means constantly flipping this decision switch in my brain. How many times do I repent? You should repent at least 735.3 times a day. That's in Hezekiah 5. Repentance means change the way you think. How many times must I change the way I think? Every time I have a wrong thought. And so how do we become holy? We don't become holy by trying harder. We don't become holy through behavior modification. We become holy by saying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? When a thought enters your mind, when an emotion grabs you, you take that thought captive, you bring it under the obedience of Christ, you say, okay, sucker, where did you come from? Holy Spirit, what do you say about that? You look in the mirror and the mirror says something to you. You grab that thought. Ladies, I'm talking to you now. You grab that thought and you bring it to Jesus. You say, Jesus, what do you say about that? Jesus says, I'm beautiful, mirror. <laughs> How many of you watched the Jesus Revolution on Netflix? I am praying that by next week everyone will have watched it. I want to encourage you to watch the Jesus Revolution. It is actually the foundation this church started on. This church was birthed out of the Jesus Revolution and the Jesus movement of of the 70s. But I really want you to watch that. But I I want to just say this. This There's a generation of hippies looking for freedom and truth in all the wrong places. We're the ones that have true freedom and true truth. True true, 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 truth. Two tooths. We have the truth and the freedom in Jesus. And there is another revolution coming. How many of you believe this? We don't celebrate the 70s revolution and the 80s revolution. There's one coming. Prepare your minds for action that you will be ready for the new revolution that is coming. Amen. I'm all own. Thank you. Thank you, Wonder Man. Oh, I see. The scripture goes on and it says, Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. All of us have hopes for the future. All of us have lived our lives with an expectation of something that you want. You've been working towards things, every single one of you. How many of you have experienced some disappointment in your life? Yeah, I wasn't going to ask for hands, but just or everyone put up your hand. Because if you, ha- if you haven't experienced disappointment, I'm so sorry, but I, um, let this... It's not really a prophecy, but it's just the truth. It's coming. Disappointment's on its way. Things don't always work out the way we, we want them to. And a foundational truth to living life well is this, is what you put your hope in will determine how much disappointment you experience. Thank you, I will. What you put your hope in will determine how much disappointment or joy you experience in this life. And right here, Peter is saying to them, remember they scattered all over. There's persecution, there's difficulty. Maybe they hoped to start a business and the business didn't work out. Maybe they had to leave family and friends behind in the persecution. You know, many things that they were aspiring to maybe have been lost in this time. And he says to them, set your hope fully on the grace to be given when Jesus Christ is revealed. 
In other words, he's saying, take all of your hope, the hope you have for a family, the hope you have for a particular career, the hope you have for a, a certain car, a, uh, the hope you have for certain relationships. Take all of that hope from all those different places and put it in one place. And that's Jesus. Because this is the place where you will not be disappointed. How many of you are married here? Also, don't raise your hand. I just know it's whatever the proportion is. But you, you will attest to this. You know, when I first married Andrew, oh my word, we were never going to argue. He was always, I didn't need a mirror because he was always going to tell me I was beautiful every minute of the day. I was always going to present him with these fantastic meals and he was going to always be over the moon about them. You know, we were going to walk in perfect harmony forever. We were going to be the perfect couple. I don't know, I think it was like five days into our honeymoon, reality struck. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering whether to tell you the actual story, but I'm going to because Andrew's going to tell it anyway if I don't, and I want my version on the table. <laughs> so we are, we are sitting and we're having this romantic meal. It's beautiful. It's lovely. I've dressed myself all perfectly, and, you know, it's candlelight, and it's fantastic. We finish the meal, and Andrew takes his serviette. He balls it up into a little ball. He puts it in his hand, and he thwacks it at me <laughs> just, just as I am telling him how awesome he is. Now, I know I can see. See, darling. Look at all the open mouths. I just, just take note. The men are coming for lessons. How did you aim? I mean, how do you aim? A, it took years of practice. You know, and he was trying to be playful, and I was trying to be romantic. And at that moment, we just didn't meet at all. And I was horrified. I was like, oh, my word, marriage is going to be work. It was a shock to the system. But over the years, something God has taught me is that in marriage, in work, in child raising, in studying, in just being a friend to someone, is that you must take your hope away from that person fulfilling you, that job fulfilling you, and you must put it in Jesus Christ as the only one to ever fulfill you. You must put it there, and you must take these bumps with resilience to know this doesn't define me. This doesn't define my future. Are you all looking at Andrew's face? Are you listening to me, darling? Fantastic. So, so you, have to, you have to take all of the bumps with some level of resilience because, because this is not the definition of who I am or where I'm going. Jesus Christ is that. My hope is in His goodness. In his truth, in his, the future he has for me. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given when Jesus Christ is revealed. What I love about that is that when, when Jesus is unveiled to you, when you see Jesus for who he really is, that's when grace, empowerment comes to you to live in hope. Part of, part of the foundation of being a holy people is that we must see Jesus for who he is. You know, Jesus is something. 
You understand that? I mean, we all have a view of Jesus. He's not any of those views. He's better than every single one of those. And part of our journey into, into God is to have Jesus continuously unveiled before us so we see him more and more in his glory, more and more in his power, more and more in his affection and his love and his tenderness and his truth and his righteousness. We see him more and more in that. And as we do, our hope grows because we know that is the one who is holding our futures. Amen. Pastor Handsome. Amen. Because this is like lots of mini sermons. Hey, are you, you catching this? Well, um, I don't know why this only works for me. Maybe it's because I bought it, but. Um, so, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Just say, eish. I am going to ask you to take some effort to enforce your phone, your phone to Ephesians. And I, I shared this in that 1st of December message, but I want us to just look at this again. Because, again, some of you may have been raised in a rules-based Christianity. Christianity is not about keeping the rules. It is about having a new nature. The Old Testament was there. Paul writes to the Romans and he says, the law was there to show us that we couldn't do it. The law was there to make you feel bad. Pretty much. So that we had to look for something better. So if you still are trying to keep the law... You're not just going to be disappointed, you're going to be ashamed and you're going to always go, Oh Jesus, I don't know how I can be in your presence. He's made you holy, you are, no matter what you do if you're a Christian. His blood has covered you. You've been washed by his blood and you're wearing a robe washed white by the blood of the Lamb. You are not righteous by what you do or don't do, you are righteous by the blood of the Lamb. You are made holy by his blood as well, but we don't just want that holiness to be something that is imparted by the blood, but something that's imputed into our nature as well. So that I don't just receive the blood of Jesus, but I can actually think like him, live like him, and love like him. That's the goal. Amen. And we have an example in Jesus, and we have his Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, don't worry, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do. So seriously, if we are talking about obedience, obedience is saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And I make a choice to say, that's what I believe. Holy Spirit is saying. Now, some things are pretty clear in Scripture. You don't look, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Holy Spirit told me that I could go and sin because, you know, he knew it would make me feel better. <laughs> Holy Spirit will always remind you of Scripture. He will always remind you of what is right. But decision by decision, I say no, just like Carol was saying, holiness is about saying no to something and yes to something else. So being set apart literally means, minute by minute, I am saying no to temptation, yes to Jesus. And when I fall, this walk that we're on is a South African road. The, when Jesus said it's the narrow road, it's a South African, narrow, it's full of potholes. 
And when you fall in one, don't go, oh, I'm not a Christian. Oh, I'm so ashamed. You get out of that pothole and you say, man, sorry, Jesus, I'm back on track. It's the direction you're moving in. But as we start to make the right decisions, decision by decision, and we start to lean towards the new nature he's given us, we start to find ourselves thinking, living, and loving like Jesus. But if we don't think like Jesus, we'll never be able to live and love like him. And so when we see this, Paul writing to the Ephesians in chapter 4, you're all in, you all, you forced your e-phone to Ephesians. We're in E4, E17. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. Wow, he's been, he's been really, this is important. That you must no longer live as the unsaved do in the futility of their, not behavior. They are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of ignorance. We are not ignorant anymore. We know what God wants from us. They've hardened their hearts. They've lost all sensitivity. They've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge every kind of impurity. They're full of greed, but that is not the way of life you learned in Christ. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, and this is the verse, to put off your old self. Say it with me. Put off your old self which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires. Man, I really want that. Well, is that deceit or is that despirit? To be made new in what? In your behavior. No, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. So where is the battle taking place, guys? I constantly am renewing my mind. And I say to my mind, mind, that is of the old self. So I say to my mind, mind, we no longer live like that. But they want to live like that. Mind, we are renewing. So switch over here. We're going to live from the new self. If any man or woman is in Christ, they're a new creation. Behold, the old is gone. All things have been made new. I want to live from this one. <laughs> Amen, bro. Remind your mind all the time to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I'm not trying to be like Jesus. He's already made me like him. I already have a new nature like Jesus. The mind has to make the choice whether I'm going to choose to live from the old self or the new self. Uh, would you stand with me? Not, not with me because there's not enough space on the stage. But just stand up on your feet unless you have another way of doing it. And I want you to just close your eyes. That's why I have you stand so that you won't fall asleep with your eyes closed in church. I want you to picture your old self. I want you to picture what you were like before you came to Jesus. I want you to picture the desires of your old flesh that still want to do the things of the old self. But I want you to picture it as like a garment over you. Paul says, take this sucker off by being renewed in the attitude of your minds. I want you to picture yourself right now and just do it. Just take that old self off. Let it just fall to the ground. Just look at There you are. You're on the ground. Just say to it, I'm not going to live according to you anymore. Now take that new self that Jesus has given you and put it on.
Hmm, that feels good. White, washed by the blood of the lamb, robe. Desires everything good, desires love, desires truth. Desires to be like him. And just stand in that new nature for a moment. Because that's what you received when you got born again. New nature. Don't let your old self and your old thinking patterns deceive you. That you are not like Jesus Christ. Because you might say, I can never be like Jesus. Yes, you can. He's given you a new nature just like his. But I can't ever think entirely like Jesus. Yes, you can. Because the Bible says you can have the mind of Christ. We want to think like you, love like you, live like you, Jesus. The scripture finishes, stay standing. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. God is set aside. He set himself aside, set himself apart for absolute purity, for absolute goodness, for absolute life. And this instruction that we read here in Peter, 1 Peter, is an invitation to live with him, to dine with him, to be with him in his perfection. It's God calling us up in that new nature to a new reality. And I want to pray for two things. The first thing I want to pray is many of you have had some hopes dashed. You've had some expectations of life just not come out the way you wanted them to. And as a result, you find it hard to trust God again. But a call to holiness is a call to let go of all those lesser hopes and to put our hope entirely in a God who is so good that His plans for you outshine a thousand times the plans you've ever had for your own life. And this this call to holiness is a call to let go of those lesser hopes and to put our hope fully in Jesus. And what that looks like and sounds like is, Lord Jesus, I don't know exactly what is coming. I'm aspiring to these three or four things, but ultimately, in all of these things, I'm trusting to know you better, to walk with you more closely, and to do your will more exactly. And in those things... Lord, if my aspirations pan out, I will be elated, Lord. But if some other thing happens, I will trust you in that also. I will trust you in that also. And so right now, I'm going to ask you, as just as Andrew had you picture taking off that old self and putting on the new self, I want to ask you to picture yourself taking your hands of all your old hopes and putting your hands on Jesus, on the light of his truth, and saying, Lord, I receive you as my full hope, as my full portion, as my full inheritance. 
Lord God, that no matter what happens around me, I will be blessed. I will be alive. I will be valuable. I will be important. I will matter. I will have authority. I will have grace. And in every circumstance, I will find myself walking with you above that circumstance, not weighed down by it. That is my hope, Lord. And I put it fully in you. I put it fully in you. I put it fully in you. Fully in you. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now for everyone as they put their hope in you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and flood them with, with hope. Lord God, let them see a year stretched out, filled with goodness as they walk in your steps, Lord God. Unexpected treasures discovered in unusual places, Lord God. That's what I prophesy over this year for every single one. Unexpected treasures uncovered in unexpected places. Lord God, I prophesy right now over every person here. Victory, open doors, good relationships, healthy bodies. Holy One, I prophesy over them the holiness of God, the fullness of His purpose on their life. Lord, I'm looking forward with you to those conversations they will have with their friends and their neighbors that will reveal Christ. I'm looking forward to those, those experiences in their workplace where things will work, to pl- in, work in, in a beautiful way and jobs will just open up for them. Lord God, I'm looking forward to them listening carefully to your voice and walking through tricky situations in such a way that they come out of the end with everybody rejoicing in the victory they're holding. Lord, Lord, I prophesy this over every life here. A year filled with Jesus, a year filled with holiness. Lord God, exams passed, jobs received, relationships nurtured, marriages coming to be, marriages saved, children growing up healthy and strong, life in every area, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. So friends, remember this week, you can download the devotional for this week. It's on our website, ianramesich.co.za. Go and check it out. You can either click on the banner that is, you know, the set apart banner, or you can go to our resources page and download that. We'd love to see you at our prayer meetings. But we trust in that this is going to be more than just a consecration week, that this is going to be a lifestyle of decision by decision, becoming more like Jesus. And that's not depending on what year it is. That's not happy new year. That's happy new nature. Make that your New Year's resolution every year. Amen. And guys, seriously, if you can go and watch Netflix's Jesus Revolution, grab a few buddies and, and go and watch that. Seriously, that's going to be a super encouraging uh, true story. 
we, we came out of that. Uh, I cut my hair. I'm not a hippie anymore. But the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you, give you his shalom, his peace, his joy, his amazing favor and grace that you would go forth and be like him 